This is the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Josh Havens. We're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us today and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He will help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. You were created to worship. Everything about you and everything you do was created to bring glory to God. It's tough to remember that, though, when the bills pile up and the kids get sick and everything in life seems to go wrong. Well, in this chapter, David talks about how you can cultivate a lifestyle of worship that continues to worship God even in the middle of life's crazy mess. Dr. David DeGarmo has served as the provost of Global University since June 2016. Previously, Dr. DeGarmo served as the Dean of the Graduate School of Theology and Associate Dean of the Graduate School of Theology. An experienced educator, he has served other institutions as an instructor, chief academic officer, and president CEO. Before coming to Global University, he served as a lead pastor for 14 years, as well as serving for seven years as a minister of music and a worship leader. He has a deep interest in the topic of worship and a desire to lead the church. Both have featured as prominent themes in his ministry. David earned his Bachelor of Music from Evangel University. He holds a Master's of Divinity from Northern Baptist Theological Seminary and the Doctorate of Ministry from the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary. The topic of his doctoral project was leading the Pentecostal worship service. He enjoys reading and sports. David is married to his wife, Ruth, and they have two grown daughters, both of them accomplished musicians. So as you set aside this time to listen to this chapter, be thinking about the ways that you can cultivate a lifestyle of worship that pervades your entire life. How do we go about living a lifestyle of worship that fulfills our purpose to God? You know... A lifestyle of worship is really another way of understanding worship. Paul defines worship that way in Romans chapter 12, doesn't he? He says, present your bodies, literally your very selves, everything to God, which is your reasonable reasonable service of worship is exactly Mm -hmm. what he calls it. So again, there's there's no dichotomy. I'm a worshiper. When I'm in my car by myself, I'm a, I'm a worshiper when I'm cutting my lawn. I'm a worshiper when I'm uh, at a baseball game. I am a member of the body of Christ. I'm a worshiper of God wherever I am. Uh, a lot of times we get tested on those grand, mm. right? Um, it's easy for me to sing, God, you've got it all under control. You know, you're you're the master of it all. You've got my life in your hands, and I can trust you. You're the solid rock. You know, uh, but then when stuff starts wobbling in my personal life, when my car breaks down and I can't afford to pay for it, or when my, you know, maybe my kids are having problems, or I get sick or something, then is he still my solid rock? Is he still that person I can depend? On? Those grand things we. Th- we heard preached and agreed with, and we sang about on Sunday morning. We get tested now on whether I, is that really true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's how I put, here's how I'm continuing to worship by maintaining that trust in you, even when things seem to be falling apart a little bit. Yeah. In spirit and truth. Yes. And I can't help but think of, you know, the best classic example we always go to it, but it, it seems so appropriate of uh, Paul and Silas worshiping in prison, right? Absolutely. And it's like, man. If there's ever a time not to worship and just to say, you know what, it's been a long day, 
let's just try to find some peace and go to sleep here. You know, there they are worshiping in the midst of it. Yep. And, and I find it, I find it in my own life. You're right. That is where my faith is really shown because it seems like we always want to go to the big things, right? It's like, well, uh, would you die? Would you be a martyr for Jesus? And it's like, well, that's a hard question. We all want to say yes, but it's unlikely that that's going to come up. But oh my goodness, what if Jesus actually co- asks me to go and talk to that guy? Yes. Uh, now my faith's on the line. Or um, what if the bank account is a little short this month? Uh, now my faith is on the line. <laughs> yes. It changes the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. it's small things, but can you worship through those? And do you do you trust God? It becomes a very difficult. It's easy to talk about, it, but it becomes a very difficult thing to worship God in those moments. Because our flesh wants, at least my flesh wants to take over and say, you know, forget this, I'll go do something else or, <laughs> you know, find my own way forward. Absolutely. Because isn't, isn't the essence of worship, and here's a very narrow definition of worship, there's ways we define it. One is what we do when we're church, mm-hmm. that's worship. The other big one is everything, that's worship. That's the all-encompassing definition. And then there's another definition of worship, and that is a specific act by which I bow myself to the sovereign. Okay, that is worship. When I submit myself to Him and simply bow my my will to His, okay, we do that on a daily basis, right? We have to we have to live our lives with that understanding that I am not sovereign. Everything that I do, every decision that I make, every financial decision that I make, you know, I'm going to buy a car. Hmm. Am I? Is God sovereign in this? decision, you know, uh, because this really is his money, mm-hmm. right? So um, so all of that stuff really plays into it. Am I, am I living as one who is a part of the kingdom? And that means that he is king. Mm-hmm. Which I'm finding is one of the hardest things for Christians in America to overcome because we're so independent and so pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps that getting ourselves out of the way and recognizing that we're not sovereign and that God is seems to be one of the toughest things that, that we face as Christians in America. Absolutely. It's, it's an Achilles heel, very, very much. We the people, right? <laughs> yeah. And we have a right, right, to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Absolutely. And sometimes... We're very keyed into our rights, aren't we? Yeah. You're right. Uh, we actually threw off the king, right? Our, well, yeah. <laughs> so, so to realize, well, wait a minute, that you know, there's a higher king, uh-huh. and we need to live our lives in submission to his absolute authority. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's tough to swallow. It is. It's very tough. And and I would like to point out that here we sit, and a moment ago you talked about being filled with emotion and great pride for a country, and yet you're willing to acknowledge. <laughs> That that's not the ultimate allegiance, yes. that there's one even above. And sometimes, I might even go so far as to say most of the time, we're called to give up our rights for the betterment yes. of others and to worship appropriately. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. Um, uh, a question I hadn't intended on asking, uh, especially this way, is it possible to serve others through our worship? Absolutely, and I, I would, and I would say that probably I'd turn it the other round, other way around, and say when I'm serving others, I'm worshiping. Mm. Okay, see when, that's what Jesus said. 
when you've done it to the least of these brothers of mine, you have done it unto me. Mm-hmm. So when you serve, when you feed the poor, when you visit the prisoner, uh, when you give comfort to someone who's needs comfort, all that, you're doing it to him. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it with the right motive, obviously. Uh, that is in itself an act of worship. Yeah. Yeah, we're really building a picture of what we what we mean when we say worship is all of life because it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm certain to sort of pull the thread through the whole conversation as, as we talk about this. It's it, it does, it becomes everything in that I can worship, I, can, I serve, I worship. All of my material possessions, I can worship with those things if I start, number one, I think, see myself not as an individual but as part of a body, mm-hmm. as part of the kingdom. And I have been giving resources and opportunities to steward in in service to that kingdom. So I can quite literally serve others through my just being a steward and worshiping God with what he has given me. Yes. And it begins to, it, it just sort of begins to touch on all these little things. And it breaks down this identity of, yeah, I am the individual single. And really, we have to start with, we are now part of the body. That becomes our our singular, right? Uh-huh. What is the service to the body of Christ that that I'm playing in all of these things? Because it, it's it's an all or nothing, right? We we don't get to hold anything back from that. Well, and and if we do, I think that's probably areas where we need to be challenged and and to let go of stuff. Mm-hmm. We might have baggage that we're unwilling to worship God in those areas, or or quite possibly sin that we need to let go of in those areas. Absolutely. We've still got idols built there. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that come to my mind as you're saying that is that uh, sometimes we, you know, we kind of go through these phases where, man, I haven't given anything. What a wretch I am, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, man, I, you know, like like the disciples, Jesus, we left all to follow you, you know, well, you know, and we kind of vacillate between those. And I think a good dose of honesty really is good when we consider ourselves. Our life is worshipers. Yes, we are all unworthy worshipers. You know, mm. I haven't surrendered everything that that God wants of me. You know, uh, we've we've got to be honest with that. I I, th- I think I'm I've I've given up everything I can and I'm willing to <laughs> to this point, right? And my my hope is and my faith is is that as I grow in Christ, I will continue to grow in that surrender, that there will be unyielded parts of my life's life that I will be willing to give up tomorrow that maybe I'm not willing to give up today. Mm. And there's grace for today while you're unwilling. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Um, are there any other final words that you'd like to say about worship before we uh, wrap this up? Wow, I would I would just say that with all the stuff we've talked about, you know, there's so much good and there's so much bad we've talked about. I would just say don't give up on it. Mm. Don't give up on the church because Jesus is building his church and keep worshiping Jesus and keep your your eyes focused on him and your worship oriented toward him. Uh and pray for your pastor and and your leaderships and pastors depend on God. Just just keep worshiping God and and uh uh, that actually is one of the final instructions in the scripture. If you could require every Christian to read two books, and, and it could be specific on worship, 
if, if you have it on worship, I'd love to hear those. If, if not, it could be anything. Um, what? One of the great resources in the church when it comes to worship uh, was Robert Weber. He's gone on to be with the Lord now, so he's not writing anything new. But I think most church leaders should read some of his uh, Worship is a Verb is a, is a classic. Um, many of them are out of print now, but I would say that's, that's a, ver- a bare minimum because uh, that's a good, he, I think it's kind of timeless what he says there. And he echoes some of my concern in, uh, of let's not rob worship from the people and put it on the on the platform or the stage. Let's let's give it to the people. Um, I would really uh, recommend his work. Um, you know, as as a leader, uh, N.T. Wright has been really ringing my chimes of late, and that's really where he's uh, this idea of the kingdom. Uh, when God became king, I think is the name of a, of a little book he wrote um, that that. And that's really about Jesus. And you know what? He is the king, really. Mm-hmm. And when he came, he brought the kingdom. And it's not, it's, it's a realized kingdom, and that is that he's king now of this earth. Mm-hmm. It may not look like it. Everybody may not be serving the king, but he is king now. And, mm-hmm. and if you can get your brain around that in a way that's, that doesn't go too far with it, um, like some kingdom now theologians have done, if you don't go too crazy with it, to... Uh, mostly we err on the other side. It's an unrealized kingdom. Well, when when Jesus comes back, he'll fix it all. We just kind of hang on. We got to hang on until he comes back. But I believe the kingdom is much more realized mm-hmm. than that. And to understand uh, what it means that that heaven is not a far away place. It's nearer than we think. And the kingdom of God has already come, and that will radically transform your perspective. Mm-hmm. So, those two authors come to mind right now. Sounds good. And then, um, is there something we found talking with people um, that often they have a moment in their life where once they've learned something, uh, they've encountered something with God or they've learned something, life can never be the same. They, they can never view God the most. So my question is, is what is the most valuable thing that you've learned um, in the Christian life? And there could be many of them, so you can either choose or, or maybe choose a most. You know, I I think perseverance. Don't give up. Mm. Um, one of the things that we struggle with is is that we think that things have to be going so smoothly all the time for us to be right or in the center of God's will. And I think just keep going. You know, just some days it's easier than others, but put your put one foot in front of the other one. And just keep doing it, and keep leaning on God, and um, that's going to stand you in good stead. Sounds good. That reminds me of our pastoral coaches. One of the things that, uh, our pastoral coach really likes to say is that if he can keep us on the field playing the game, then we'll end up winning. Ah, mm-hmm. he says that a lot. Yep, that is good. Um, is there anywhere that you would like our listeners to go to find out more about you, or you want to promote a cause? Well, uh, 
I think you know from the introduction that I currently serve as provost of Global University. Certainly heartily recommend that you visit our website, globaluniversity.edu, if you're interested in pursuing education or involved in, in helping in, in that way. Uh, we are missionaries. Uh, we're nationally appointed U.S. missionaries. And so uh, I like to keep our Facebook page, you know, up to date so you can find us at, at uh, just... You know how to do all that. Yep. And David we'll have a link to it in David the show notes. David and Ruth Garmo, we've got a Facebook page. We, I've got a personal one. We've got a website, you know, those sorts of things. I'm not I'm not going to say everything's all up to date, but uh, uh, sure, give us a, a shout out and love to interact with you. Yep. All right. Well, Dr. DeGarmo, thank you so much for being on the podcast and uh, being willing to, to share with us. This has been a really enjoyable conversation. I've learned a lot, and, you know, I think my morning tomorrow is going to be just a little bit different because I'm going to approach it with a renewed attitude of worship. If there's one thing you take away from our entire conversation with Dr. DeGarmo, I think it should be this, that creating a lifestyle of worship takes initiative on our part. We have to be intentional about setting up habits, routines, and rhythms of worship, building those things into our daily routines. Otherwise, we're quick to fall out of them. And Dr. DeGarmo has given us a lot of practical tips and tactics along the way. And not just for our personal lives or seeing worship as an individual activity, but recognizing who we are amongst the body of Christ. So take initiative and Make sure you are praying for your pastor, that you are worshiping God as part of the body of Christ. And remember, like Dr. DeGarmo's final words, sometimes this simply takes perseverance. And we didn't really talk about it during our conversation, but I'm sure Dr. DeGarmo would agree that the best way to cultivate perseverance in our life is to worship through the storms. So no matter what you're going through today, whether it's a good, bad mountain valley, persevere through worship. Thanks for listening to the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening at Daily Growth, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. Or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.